Welcome back to uh, Cinema 7, or welcome to Cinema 7 for the first time. If you've never listened before, I don't know why you haven't, but welcome anyway. Today we're talking about a critically acclaimed Black Panther, and uh, with me, the usual crew, we have Chris Hawk. I bet feels so well. And Mario Bakari. <laughs> what is up, people? Who's feeling alright? I'm feeling good. So we all saw this movie uh, opening weekend. I saw it... Uh, technically opening night even though i guess thursday's opening night for movies now and you guys just saw it um on saturday night i think for this we're gonna have to go heavy spoilers but before we get into that is there any kind of news going on anything you guys have heard in the rumblings in the movie universe john did you um i kind of wanted to bring up how sam raimi was going to take over the king killer king killer chronicles and I, i did see that yeah, that's, that's kind of a neat thing for Sam Raimi to tackle. Um, you know, Sam Raimi gets his roots from horror. He did dabble in, of course, the superhero genre, and he did spectacularly well for two of them. Three was okay. And to do, like, an epic like this, it's kind of exciting. You got Lin-Manuel Miranda doing the music. You know, there's a reason why Moana and Hamilton do so well, and that's because of the music. So this, and you know, the music is so, it's such, it's kind of an important part of the King Killer books. This could be an exciting, or um, it could be bad, too. It just, yeah. it's weird. Patrick Rothfuss has, has said he's excited about it, but obviously he wouldn't downplay anything. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. See, the, the book is about a character that is literally good at everything. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just, it's so out of his field that it'll be interesting to see what he does in general. But, I mean, I'm I'm not going to instantly dismiss it. I, who knows at this point, you know? And who knows if it'll stick with it the whole time, so. I like what he did I'm, with the Oz movie. I'm casually optimistic. Have you heard the other news about uh, John Cena's dad, the guy who played Sandman <laughs> in Spider-Man 3? No, what's up? I guess somebody asked him something about uh, Spider-Man 3 recently because of the Venom trailer. And he, I forget what the article was or what website it was. I think I sent it to the group text, I believe. Yeah, what, uh, what was he saying? Something good about Black, uh, I mean, not, uh, not Black Panther, but something good about Spider-Man 3 or that he might be involved in a future project? Is that what I read? He said that Sam Raimi um, has a very good relationship with Sony and that they are open to bringing him back and they seem like they uh they really like Sam Raimi from from Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2 and he was he kind of confirmed that it was only supposed to be him and um the goblin in Spider-Man 3 and they ended up adding Venom later like uh right before they started shooting I guess this 
something happened where they added Venom and and all you know all this. So it was very rushed, I guess. And he mentioned how originally in the original script that he received because he was part of it from day one as Sandman. At the end, they were supposed to tease Vulture. And Vulture was going to be the villain in the next movie, and then they'd tease like Carnage or something for the next movie, he said, or something weird like that. So I guess Vulture was supposed to be the villain in Spider-Man 4. And he said, huh. and I don't know, just him saying that Sam Raimi and Sony have a working relationship, and he thinks they might go back to him for future movies, like Spider-Man movies or something. If, would you want Sam Raimi to tackle Tom Holland's Spider-Man? Um, it could be interesting, but I, I don't know. I, I think I think Marvel already has its uh certain view of it. I don't know. Sam Raimi works better with adult themes, I feel like. So I don't know if he'll do well and unless they unless Marvel lets him go a little uh PG thirteen ish, a little darker with it. That'd be pretty neat. I could I could see him doing something. I don't know that it'd be a director aspect, but maybe just kind of advising on certain things because i mean he he did some great stuff in those first two movies i don't think anybody can deny that so i mean it's nice that they're you know that rumor is there that they're considering you know having him do something but i'd have to see it to believe it in that case i don't know if you guys saw the uh the rumors about the transformers reboot might not happen at all oh really are they just gonna stop making them that's that's what they're saying they're saying that uh they don't want to re-tackle that and I, I would think in that case, if they didn't, it would be years before somebody else gets the rights and we see another Transformers like reboot. So do you think uh, they're just going to do a, another movie under like the Michael Bay fr- uh, universe? Well, yeah, because they're supposed to do that Bumblebee movie, right? Yeah, I think that's still going through, right? Yeah, but I think they were talking about rebooting it after that. So maybe maybe they're not doing it. I don't know. It wasn't very clear from what I read. Hmm. Um, I'm indifferent. The Transformer movies have never been the greatest movies. I mean, they're a good popcorn flick. I think uh, the first one is still the best one. They they all jump around too much, like the X Men uh, by Brian Seeger series. It's there's no co- continuity. It's all they all make stuff as they go along. I don't I don't know that you can even call them popcorn flicks anymore at like a three hour and forty minute runtime. Good gosh. Like those those movies are insanely long. Like it's impossible to get through them now. So that last one was pretty bad too. I never saw it. Thank God. <laughs> I just a lot of it sways heavily away from the source material too. It's just not as interesting as the cartoon or the comics is, and I think it's the human aspect. I think they work better without the humans because they're always spent saving the humans it's better when it's robots versus robots in my opinion yeah but nobody wants to see that chris hogg i mean like there's some great storylines i mean joey hill will tell you that there's some great stories in the lore of transformers you have the cybertron war you know the fall of cybertron you have like the first big war where optimus prime became optimus prime and then you have you know, then you have Unicron. I mean, those are all big stories without humans that don't play a big part in it. I mean, I think humans are in the Unicron saga, but I mean, they they didn't play as big a part as humans do. Like, they're not. There's no chosen one, and like 
Sam Witwicky? Sam Wh- <laughs> yeah, Sam Witwicky. Hey, he was all right, okay? All right. Whatever how the song goes. I think we got one more new. Um, did you guys check out the new Incredibles 2 trailer? I have not yet, no. Yes. What did you think, Mario? Um, it's a direct uh, sequel. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's right after the first that's movie. Pretty, it's pretty interesting that they would do that 15 years later about, and they're going like a back-to-back, you know, Last Jedi type of thing where it's no time has passed. Like, it's literally right the second at the end of the first movie. And I, I, I think that's more interesting than a time skip when it comes to The Incredibles because of the baby. The baby developing the powers. Bob, I think that's Bob, right? Yeah, I believe so. And he becomes like the caretaker and Elastigirl, she she becomes the like the sole hero, like the reemergence of heroes. That's something that's happening in the in the uh, trailer. I do like that. I just hope it's not too similar to the first movie where it's Bob going out doing all that stuff and then Helen is the one that's behind and then they just switch it up for the second movie. I hope it's just not that simple. I mean, I hope I'm surprised. I mean, Incredibles is one of my favorite movies, so. I think if if they didn't go back to back, you leave a lot of unanswered questions. And I don't know that fans of the franchise who have stuck with it all this time would want that, you know, that they want that development of those characters. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anybody who cares about this movie is going to be not on board with that. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of trailers, uh, the movie that uh, you know, I'm most excited for in the entire world, had a trailer during the Super Bowl we never talked about, and, or a teaser, and it had another teaser, a uh, longer teaser, the next morning, and that's Han Solo, which comes out in May, I believe. Did, did Mario just bring up Han Solo? Because if he hadn't bring it up, I wasn't going to talk about it's cause, it. <laughs> it's because the trailer made him so excited, he wants to see it now, so yeah, we've got to talk about it. Isn't that something? How, like... A reversal of just opinions from Mario Bakari. He really loves this. He really wants to see this movie now. What, uh, do, you, what do you think about it, Mar? I really don't want to see this movie. <laughs> I don't think this movie should happen. I still have the same opinion. Uh, I will say that the trailer looked kind of cool, though. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think this movie should be made. Uh <laughs> It looks, the trailer, it looks like it, it could be pretty good. It looks like it, it could be a very interesting spin on Star Wars. But do I, like I said, I don't feel like this movie should be made. I don't feel like you should be venturing with these characters and making their own movies. I don't, I, look, we, there's, the Extended Universe has a book for the backstory of Han Solo. It's a legend now, but apparently this movie seems to be taking a lot from that book. And, I think John and I had the discussion about this is like they're just picking and choosing which things from the extended universe are canon now and or like just or different or taking certain things and making them canon, you know, what they want. Yeah, it's it's almost like they're appropriating uh, what, you know, certain aspects that people loved and taking them and making it their own, like almost as if, you know, it was their own content because people that aren't familiar with the extended universe don't know about those things. They think it's like a new idea, you know? Yeah. It, it looks cool. Uh, I was telling Chris Hawk my theory about the 12 parsecs, and, you know, Family Guy made fun of it, and, you know, everyone's made fun of parsecs being a, uh, 
how it's not a unit of time or measurement of time. It's a measurement of distance and stuff. So I, I'm thinking though, because apparently there's supposed to be black holes over Kessel. What if he goes through the black hole to make the Kessel run in a shorter distance so it is parsecs? Um, it is Han distance. Hansello does make reference in A New Hope that um, about light speed travel. If you do it wrong, you can end up in a star. So there might be something to light speed travel where if you push the limits of it, you can go faster than usual, but there are consequences to pushing it. So maybe in reference to Kessel pushing light speed travel into wormholes, maybe he does something that's obscenely dangerous and we'll find out what he does. I'm I'm just curious about the crew cuz he has a full crew in this movie obviously. Yeah. And uh also uh female droids that never existed before, but they have. But yes, they definitely have. I don't want it to feel forced. I feel like it's going to feel way forced in terms of like getting a crew together for something that isn't necessary. Like I I don't know about you guys, but I always kind of envision it just being Han and Chewie. Yeah. Even even though he knows Lando from the past, I didn't ever perceive him being a, a, a part of the crew for a length of time that mattered. So it's kind of weird to it's me. It's very service-y. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be forced heavily. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's me, but... It seems like um, a lot of people are speculating stuff, and I know a lot of people want, you know, Jabba's in it. They want to see that happen. They want to see uh, Greedo, and they want to see it lead up to the Tatooine thing. But I really hope it doesn't do any of that, and it's just something different, you know. It just it, I I maybe a uh, cameo from other bounty hunters trying to stop them or something. But I don't want anything too extreme, you know. That's shown or or talked about in New Hope. That's just me personally as a fan. I I almost feel like this movie would be better as a bounty hunter movie instead of a Han Solo story. A Bubba Fett, no bounty hunter see, movie. Boba Fett should probably get a movie because there's not a lot of him. Do I personally want a Boba Fett movie? No. But I, I, just, I just think maybe a bounty hunter movie would be more interesting as, a, as something different because I, I don't want to see young Harrison Ford. We, I talked about it on the Indiana Jones. I, just, I, I want something different, and I've expressed it many times before. I just don't think this movie should be made. I don't think we need a Han Solo backstory. There's there's one other thing I have to complain about too. I I mean I agree with you. Solo, a Star Wars story, looks really bad as a title. Like yeah, his does. name being stretched out and with a Star Wars story under it, it doesn't look good. Just visually, like because Rogue One is two words, all the movies are like two words, you know, or more than two words. Solo, it's just like they it's four letters. They had to stretch it out, make it big, but then you have a Star Wars story under it. I just don't think the title looks good at all. Should have been called like Han and Chewie or something like that. I mean, even Han Solo, a Star Wars story would have been better. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's a visual thing for me. It doesn't look good as a title. I don't expect much from this movie. I just want to be entertained. I, uh, I do, I am looking forward to Donald Glover's as Lando, though. I think he exudes charisma from the trailer. He just looks like he's the coolest part of the movie, and I... He better be the coolest part of the movie because Lando is cool as hell, and I know Mar- and I know Mario agrees with me because he loves Donald Glover. I'm yeah, not gonna I don't say think, anything. I don't think we need to go into that. Let's <laughs> let's get to the main event here. Let's let's talk Black Panther. Before we talk about Black Panther, I really have to pee. All right, pause.
Hey there, uh, John Kenogi here to tell you about audible.com. Audible.com is a great way to experience books if you don't have uh, the time to read them. Uh, what do they are? Are audiobooks, and we've got a special offer for you at Cinema 7. If you go to www.audibletrial.com backslash c7pod, you can sign up for a 30-day free trial today and get a free audiobook. Now, this can be anything they offer. It gives you one credit. It can be anything. That's yours. You will keep it after you lose the trial. Uh, you can use this to uh, read a book you, you know you might not have time to read or catch up with all the different Hollywood movies that are being made from books. Uh, Annihilation, Ready Player One, etc., etc. Uh, our friend Mario uses it for various random audio dramas. If that's what you're into, give it a shot. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod. Discover what Audible has over 1 million audiobooks and dramas and all types of things. Just give them a shot. Uh, thanks. All right, I'm back. Welcome to the main event. So the main event, Black Panther. Uh, now, as I said, we all saw it. Let's not do spoilers first. Let's just do general thoughts. How much did you enjoy it? Chris Hawk, go. Okay, so maybe number one, but let me just say, this is a step in the right direction for Marvel, the cinematic universe. This is what we needed. This is such a knockout movie for the Black Panther, his mythos, the character itself, how he's a king, how he's a superhero, the female characters surrounding cast, which are just as good as he is. This movie is such a triumph. There's so many good things about this movie. There's so many... It exudes joy. Like, you could see the happiness coming out of the characters, and it reflected on the movie. This movie was made with, like, a pure love of, you know, the Afro-futurism, you know, African tradition. There was a love for that. There was so much good stuff in this movie. And I can't wait to dig in deep to it. But best movie of the best movie? I, I don't know if I would say best superhero movie of all time, but it I think it deserves to be among some of the best, even though it is it can it is, I mean it's it doesn't do anything that we haven't seen before, but it does it in such a way that it's it's so good. Mario? Uh I agree. I, I think that it is stuff we've seen before, but it it the location, uh, the soundtrack, it makes it very unique. And uh, I think this is, is one of the better Marvel movies because of the soundtrack. It sets itself apart like a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, with that. And it just the vibe um, is really uh, cool, I guess, in, in some parts. I only really had three issues with the movie. And... Uh, Talking about vibes, I, I got a strong X-Men 1 vibe, uh, Star Wars episode Episodes 1 and 3 vibe, and I did get the first Fantastic Four movie type of vibe, and I, I love all those movies, so don't, Jeez, don't think Mario, it... Jeez, Mario, why don't you just give, get rid of... Like, why don't you just give out my Rubicon already to everyone? My goodness, okay? I really hope that's not your Rubicon, but I love those movies, so don't take that in a in a in a bad way cuz i personally love star wars episode 1 and episode 3 i love the first x-men movie and i love uh the first fantastic 4 movie uh, this movie 
is it's really I don't know what else to say, really. It's it's without getting into it. Um I only had three issues. Other than that, I really I really enjoyed this movie. I, I liked the first twenty minutes I thought was really good. And so I I I don't want to get too in depth with mine or, or take too long with my general thoughts. I liked it. Oh we've we've got all the time in the world. You want us Spend the next 40 minutes talking general thoughts? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, Crusoe? No, I, uh, in terms of my general thoughts, I agree. It's, it's a good movie. Uh, I have some discussion on the why that is. Uh, I've already brought up many times to Mario and uh, briefly mentioned it in our, our podcast group text. But, I mean, overall, it, it is a good movie. It does something that not a lot of Marvel movies at this point in the the cycle can do but again i think there's there's a lot going for it that most other movies don't have at this point so i think that plays a large role into it i i do feel that uh the actors genuinely enjoyed their roles in this movie and i think you that that shows on screen you know you can feel that they want to be there and they wanted to make this movie great so it definitely works for the better I think the whole cast is uh, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Now, I, I mean, I think, I think we need to get into spoilers because you kind of dance around issues that you want to bring up and talk about. Yeah. But uh, if you haven't seen the movie, you should definitely see the movie. You don't really want to know the plot ahead of time. This movie deserves a, uh, a viewing before you read anything about it. Even if you've read something, you should definitely go see it before you read anything else because... It should be experienced without any prior knowledge, I think, personally. I don't know yeah. if you guys agree. I agree. Definitely definitely go see this movie and gather your own opinions. Don't let anything else sway your opinions. I, I, I mean, I feel like that with any movie, honestly. I mean, it, you're, you're listening to us, and you're going to either have seen it or not have seen it either way. I'm not saying that my opinion is better than your opinion. Uh, we're just sharing our opinions and hopefully we share the same opinions. But if you haven't seen it, I feel like you should have by now because it's kind of like Star Wars right now, where you you you, sh- you should have seen it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, let's let's get into it. Let's talk spoilers. So, uh, I think we should start just with Wakanda itself, what it looks like, how it factors into the movie, your first impressions, what you loved about it, what you hated about it. What are you guys thinking? Because, I mean, it's a major part of the movie, but at the same time, it's really not. I don't know if you guys agree with that. They really don't show you a lot of Wakanda itself. They show you, like, when you first see it, which is a great shot. It reminds me of the shot in uh, the Star Trek Beyond when they show you the space station. And I was in awe of that. And I was, I took in Wakanda like I took in that. I I looked at every corner of the of the shot, and I was looking for small details and stuff. And it was, it looked really nice. It just, nothing really popped out as futuristic except for maybe the trains. And really, they don't show enough of Wakanda. Wakanda is more of a, it's, it's like its own entity in the movie, but they don't show a lot of it. They do show a lot of like the fields, the, uh, you know, the wildlife, the forest, but not the actual big city. I mean, they show the bazaar of Wakanda, but they don't show any 
inner workings of Wakanda other than like the political uh, element. I would say like yeah, they, they don't show a lot of Wakanda. I mean, it's not really a downside because there's other things going on in the movie. But I like what I saw. I would like a little bit more. I'm thinking that's what's going to happen in, in Infinity War. But as a whole, I liked it. Would like more. Not a big deal. That's what I think is it's not really a downside, but it's a it's almost a missed upside that we didn't get more of this this bustling, you know, futuristic not necessarily futuristic society, but society with advanced technology that, you know, is way above uh you know the the known world. Uh, Mario, what do you think? I really like uh like Chris Hawk said, the wide shots and stuff. It it was uh pretty like uh all inspiring or you you intake it all and you're like wow that's pretty neat for country to be this advanced and i do wish they would have shown more because you really only see wakanda maybe them walking in an alleyway or walking down a street and it seems real like the town in uh thor ragnarok when they're on that planet it kind of seemed like especially when him and lupita uh chadwick and lupita are talking in one scene it's just close-ups of their face and kind of like them in an alleyway i would like to see more of them walking through a market and and stuff because you do get a sense of when they go do the the battle for king when he he's becoming the new king it's very there are a lot of traditional aspects to this uh advanced society which is really neat there's also tribes uh people are separated into tribes technically and they come together which we don't get to see any of that in terms of the actual city because that can't it can't be 100 percent integrated if they still identify with separate tribes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would have liked the scene. Maybe them show each tr- tribal section or maybe maybe it is integrated. Who the heck knows? Maybe they just they're like, uh, you know, there's apartment complex and another one. And they're like, hey, what's up? Uh, whatever tribe you are, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just can't believe that because. There's like a council of elders, and there's one from each tribe. It's not any kind of thing. I still feel like there's identity there, in turn, well, because they explain the story. You know, they came together, but you see this. You know, years later, they're still separated in yeah. terms of identities. So there's got to be something there. But I mean, it's it's not a bad thing at all. I just I wanted a little bit more. Yeah, me too. I wanted a little more of the of the of Wakanda, and and the people inside of it. Other than the the political aspect and the elders, you know, and Black Panther. Let's uh let's go back though to the beginning of the movie because Mario, I know you brought this up earlier. The uh the choice to not roll the intro right away. Yeah. Um, you you had a problem with that, Mario? Want to elaborate? Um, it's not really a, a one of my big major three issues that I had with them. They're not really major issues, I guess. They're just things that kind of they're like nitpicks for me. I guess the three issue the three major issues that i had are kind of like nitpicks things that bothered me personally but this one issue i thought kind of didn't made the movie flow a little weird in the beginning um and i'm talking about the uh, marvel studios thing and i think i mentioned the hawk in the in the theater that the the movie opens up it tells you the story right and then it goes to the apartment scene with, with um michael b jordan's dad and and uh chakala's uh dad visiting america that's it it tells the story first and then it goes to that right yeah yeah we get the uh the story of prince and jobu 
and his brother uh, T'Chaka, who is uh, T'Challa's dad. And then it goes straight to the logo, yeah, which I didn't think they were going to roll a logo. I thought it was going to start without it, which I was super pumped for, to be honest. I didn't need it. They didn't need the logo. Yeah, I mean, I would have been fine with them not doing the logo or doing the logo first and then going into that scene and, you know, the movie following. Because I, I feel like that kind of messed up the flow a little bit. And it was kind of like, well, guess what? You're in a Marvel movie. You know, it's like, hey, you're in a Marvel movie. And I did it's the like, same thing for a Homecoming. Yeah, it's like, okay, but I don't know. I, I just wish they would have done it with, done without it or put it in the very beginning. Chris Hawk, did, did it bother you at all? I'm be different. So what did you guys think about the beginning? Did you, did you know it was Michael B. Jordan's character? Did you know it was his dad? No, I didn't. Yeah. I kind of figured. I'm, I couldn't have guessed which kid was Michael B. Jordan. Now that I look back on it, it kind of makes sense. But I kind of figured, you know, it was like, oh, he's... You know, about to be the cousin, about to be coming through the throne. That whole one scene, like, gave me the entire plot of the movie. Yeah. But I still liked it. I, I really liked it. I thought it was a good scene. I, um, I honestly thought they were going to be, like, half-brothers or something, but they went in a different direction with the whole uncle thing. I know in the Ultimate Avengers 2 movie, the animated movie, uh, Black Panther, Black Panther's uncle is the one that I think killed his dad or, or or secretly trying to take over Wakanda. So it kind of fits what I saw in that movie a little bit. But I, I kind of sensed like this is where Michael B. Jordan's character is going to get his uh, his mission to or his villainous ways. I don't think it's villainous ways. It's just it's the, his path. Like I really would call him a villain. What he did in the movie wasn't wrong. He did everything other than, I mean, other than the killing, but he was justified in the, the throne fight, the becoming king. He is royal blood. It's really like two different versions of how to go about something. Not necessarily wrong, but, you know, he comes from a different walk of life. He wasn't handed everything, so he had to earn it and then dot his body. John, do you want to get into the Michael B. Jordan character <laughs> a little bit? Yeah, we're already there. We might as well just keep going. Let's talk about him. Killmonger. Killmonger. Uh, Eric. Killmonger. Yeah, yeah. So let's refer to him as Eric. I think his character is the most relatable to American audiences, to Americans, uh, especially Afri- African Americans. I think his character is the most relatable because of you know his upbringing and stuff. And I also, th- I also think he's more relatable to, uh, like you know someone like me and John who grew up. Um, in not, not bad neighborhoods, but you know, in 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 low income areas, and and you know, moved around a lot. And I think I think we kind of relate to the. I f- I don't know if that's true, John. If you relate to him that way, in the sense that I'm relating to him, but it it kind of almost made me emotional to relate to him that way. But I don't relate to him in the sense of how um you know African Americans relate to him because I I see him really relatable to to those who have grew up that way and with those um experiences and to those um you know hardships and stuff like that the hard upbringing so i see him being the more relatable character to people if that makes sense i i definitely agree i think he's you can see where he's coming from and see how uh someone in that position might end up where he ends up and he he's given a lot 
really quickly um in the movie like when we get that you know when he he finally takes what's his and he gets it and that's kind of where it goes wrong where he's like all right we got all this let's start killing people or let's let's take over but before that you know he's he's having to earn everything he's not given a massive amount of power in like 30 seconds yeah so i think you can really appreciate where he's coming from yeah definitely it's a great when the villain of a Marvel movie is sympathetic and you can relate to it, I think it makes the movie a lot more enjoyable. And it's not just one-sided villain like it was in Thor Ragnarok. I mean, I'm, uh, that's what I think. I don't think Hela was that great of a villain. She's very one-dimensional. Yeah, just, she, she shoots swords out of her hands. That was the dumbest thing. But other than that, Michael B. Jordan delivers a, a very heartfelt performance. And I think it really stands out in the, the afterlife, the afterlife scenes with him and his father, Sterling K. Brown, where he starts off as a kid, and that's who he is deep down inside still. He's still that kid with all that anger, and that's how he, dis- and, you know, that's how he displays everything. It's all about anger and Im- rage. He's angry that things were taken from that him. That moment. Ang- yeah. But that moment when he was a kid made him. Walking up into the apartment and seeing his dad, you know, I think that that that's what made you see the flashback and well, you see that in the beginning of the movie and you see the flashback and then, you know, you see his vision and it's to me, it was very emotional. It was very powerful and it's very, um, uh, how do I want to phrase this? It's so opposite compared to, uh, Black Panther's vision when he sees his dad, where he's in nature and he's, they're so uh, nicely dressed in a way. And, you know, you get to him, you get to Michael B. Jordan and, you know, he's, he's dressed how he grew up. He's dressed when he was a kid, he's wearing the same clothes. And, you know, he, he is talking to his dad about how his, or his dad says something about, I want to take you there, but they won't accept you. I think that's very powerful. Like you were saying, it's just, it's a dynamic, it's such a, uh, dynamic. It's such a. It, it's also unmentioned between, um, Killmonger and his dad that uh, when you when you have a uh, Black Panther and his dad, you know, it's he immediately is like, I, I wish you were still there, and he's like, you don't need me anymore. You don't you don't get that with Killmonger because you know he he wanted his dad to still be there, you know, and he even you know gets that tear right there because he's seeing him. It's it's more about you know, just getting to see his dad one more time, even though he knows, like, he would do anything to have him back, and that's, like, his whole motivation. It's just a, a completely different dynamic between the two when they go in there for the first time. Yeah. Because, you know, Black Panther goes back. And I, I think I think Killmonger, you know, it was it was more meaningful to him. I don't think Black Panther needed it. I don't think he gained anything from it he didn't already have. But I think, you know, Killmonger... He he got something out of that. Yeah, and he kind of think- says to him too, um, like he says, "I wish I could, t- I wish I could have been better for you, or I wish I could have taken you to there or something." And he goes, "Aren't you sad that I'm gone or something?" And Killmonger goes, uh, "Nah, everybody dies." It's like that's it's so different compared to what black what was going on with Black Panther. You know, it's real. I guess I uh. We were talking about it a little bit earlier, Mario, with the, just some of some of Killmonger's lines feel a little out of place. I don't know if you felt the same, Grisog, but it's not, 
I don't I don't know if I feel the same as uh, what Mario was talking about earlier, where they're delivered a little too fast sometimes. But I definitely think they're off because sometimes a character would say something to him and he'd respond with something that didn't feel natural. But I, I don't know if it's the delivery. I think it's more the writing. But that's just me. How'd you guys feel about that? I think I think what was it was that every other person besides Everett and Claw spoke African and it was just so jarring that he spoke like American slang and it was really weird. That's I think that's what I I wouldn't say it was off for me. There might have been one or two lines that didn't as flow as nicely. Like I agree with that. But I I feel like he has some of the best deli- he has one of the best lines in the entire movie and that's at the end. Michael B. Jordan. But I could see what Mario and you guys are saying. Like, I don't know, like, one of, he's probably one of the issues I had, one of the three issues I had is Michael B. Jordan. I, I just don't think he's a good actor. Like, sometimes in this movie, he delivers lines in a very corny way, and, it, and like John was saying that I mentioned, it's quick, too. I, I think, even in Creed and stuff, like, I think his acting is passable at best, but he has, but what makes him different and, and, and kind of gets him into the character is he has a cool factor to him. Like even though his acting to me is the is the weakest in the movie, he gives off this James Dean vibe. Like he he's just cool, and also he's a very uh, good looking person, obviously. But I think the character you just see the character in him. You can read the character. You can the character almost makes him. I feel like and you, in I I see the character through the other actors. Like the other actors, I feel like carry him in a way and i i just i don't know i i through them i i see the character but michael b jordan saves himself with his coolness factor if that if that makes any sense that's just what i get from him i don't know that i see him as not delivering anything himself i don't i don't necessarily see that but i mean i can see where you're coming from but i i do see i think it's he brings more to that than just a coolness factor even though that you do you do see that but i think there's more to it than that i i really personally just believe some of the lines that the character is given to say are just just odd to me in terms of the dialogue being spoken and not even you know when he's talking to the wakandans but when he's talking to claw just just the way he responds like i've already dealt with this or you know it's like it's like he already knew what he was going to say before something was said to him. Yeah. And I feel like that's writing. I feel like that you, you didn't write a good dialogue. If you can easily tell that what's being said is super scripted and the character sounds like they're reading from a script. Yeah. I guess I can see that. But uh... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's mine. I didn't really... It wasn't really a huge problem. I still think he's a really good villain, but... Maybe not the strongest villain I've ever seen. I know some people think he's one of the best villains ever in the Marvel Universe. But, I mean, there's a lot of bad villains in the Marvel Universe, let's be honest. I think he's one of the better ones, just for me personally, because of how relatable he is. He's, you know what I mean, to to everyone. Like, he's more relatable than most other villains. Yeah. Oh, no, I relate heavily to Thanos. (laughs) Just a big, giant, muscly, purple guy. Walking his dog. Walking his dog. <laughs> but speaking of uh, speaking of quickness and and pacing, I I feel like a lot of scenes in this movie to me, um, 
happened way too fast or are rushed in a sense. Like the pacing of a, of some scenes were just really fast. Happened some scenes like like you're talking about with Michael B. Jordan with the lines and deliver. Like I was saying earlier, I don't know. I just I feel like a lot of it happened too fast. Like when he became king and he's talking to the council. You know, they have that long, cool um, upside down shot, which I really love. And he sits in a chair and he gets up and he says something and it goes to the next thing. I'm like, OK, that was kind of fast, I guess. We're just moving the plot along. Same with. Yeah, and I was I was I'm oh, sorry. You go ahead. I was just going to say in some of the action scenes uh, just felt like they they uh, were trying to get through them. I was just going to say, I think I felt like they didn't think anybody could carry the movie by themselves except. Unless they were, you know, talking to T'Challa, uh, Chadwick, like it just felt like they weren't really willing to risk that. They, but the people wanted the hero. I don't know if you feel the same way, Chris Hawk, but it just felt like the scenes with Black Panther in them were slower and well paced, and then scenes where he's not involved just snap quick, quick. Yeah, the the focus of this movie is entirely on T'Challa, and you could definitely tell. Uh, I would argue that with Claw. I think that, uh, what's his name? What's the actor's name? Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis gives a masterful ending to Claw. I think, it, you just sometimes you forget how much charisma Andy Serkis has. But he plays a, like a deranged traitor. You know, a, like a, a burglar. He just plays that guy to the maximum. He, it looked like he enjoyed it. He's a comic oh, book villain. He's, he, he, is, he is so good at it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely like anytime he's on screen in that movie, it's great. But yeah, I, he's laughing most of the time. I definitely uh, I see what you guys are saying, how it there are some parts with the action scenes where I think they are too fast. Or maybe it's just because me and Mario kind of sat kind of close to the theater or I don't know. I, I, that would be like one of my only only big complaints were would be some pacing in this movie. When uh, T'Challa goes over the waterfall, the pacing of the movie is kind of weird after that. It's very, like, the middle part of the movie is the weakest part of the movie, I believe. And I think it's because of the pacing, and it doesn't have T'Challa in it. Now, Mar, you said you had two other things that uh, really bothered you. What, what are they? What's one? Let's talk about it. Uh, one we just mentioned, uh, which we kind of got into, is about pacing of some scenes and some of the action stuff. The other one to me, would be CGI. I, th- I think a lot of the CGI in this movie are, is a little wonky. It's a little, it's a little rough. Yeah. A little rough. Um, one, uh, one of them, for me, and then we can talk about the other one in depth, is, uh, is just like near the final fight and, and the, the new kin- uh, kinetic energy suits. Like You can just see his head bobbing around, kind of, and it, just doesn't, it looks weird to me. And when it goes on Michael B. Jordan, it looks like when his, it goes over his face, you can see a little bit of his face, and it looks like his face is kind of photoshopped or, or uh, face-swapped on there. It just looks a little goofy to me. And I don't know, I, I just don't like the, maybe the mouth on the mask, or maybe if I could have saw it more in depth, it would have looked better. Some of the suit CGI in the, in the fighting at the end, for me, was a little goofy, and then there's the infamous scene that John was like, you'll notice it as soon as you see it. And I did. What scene was that? Well, hold on. Before we get to that scene, um, do you guys have a problem with the, the air fight? That's the, the main CGI complaint I've seen is when they're fighting an air falling down into the, the tunnels. People 
don't like that. Like, if there's something people don't like in the movie, it's that fighting scene. I didn't think it was that bad. No, I wasn't. mean, obviously, it's not the best, but a lot of people have been complaining about that, and maybe it's just the thing to complain about with the movie, but I, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, I don't, I, when they were falling down, I, I mean, I didn't really have an issue when they were falling into the thing. It's more like when the suit comes on him right before the big battle starts, or it's when they're fighting near the train. So a little bit of that maybe uh, was a little wonky, I thought. Or when they takes him out on the ledge at the end, he still kind of got the suit on and his face is kind of there. Like st- stuff like that, I thought was a little weird. But them falling and stuff, I, I, the everything else is kind of CGI there, so it kind of blends in in a sense. It doesn't look bad. Yeah, it was a non-issue for me. The falling. What scene are you guys talking about? All right, so the second time T'Challa goes into the spirit world. You don't have the CGI tree with the Panthers anymore. You have T'Challa against a clearly still backdrop, and then his dad against a backdrop, but with four people behind him, you know, the previous chiefs. Now, it's not as easy to spot when you're looking at his dad and the chiefs behind him because they use a perspective-based shot where his dad's in the front and the chiefs are in the background. And you can't you can you can barely notice it because they're moving slightly, you know, they kind of deter from it. But it is painfully obvious when you're looking at Black Panther against that still screen that he is just there and then there's the thing behind him and he's he's almost glowing, like he's way more detailed than everything around him. Yeah, he has know, like a, might... he has I mentioned that earlier when we were talking about it, is he has like a purple line kind of outlining him, you can notice. And it, and it looks fuzzy, so it looks like he something wasn't right, that something didn't really work there with the CGI. But he's also bouncing around, too, when he's getting mad. He's, like, hopping. He's like, no! You know, he's pointing, and he's getting frustrated, and he's hopping and stuff. And I think that makes it more noticeable as well, for some reason. It just looks weird, like he's in front of a green screen. It's... It- I wish they would have, you know, had more of pulled the camera back or something. I think that would have made a difference there, in my opinion. But, I mean, it's probably, uh, not everyone probably had an issue with it, but I just thought it was real noticeable. To me, it's like, the well, it, because I noticed it, and I know a lot of people didn't notice it, but, I mean, maybe if you're listening to this and you go see it now, you'll notice it, and I'm sorry. But, <laughs> to me, it's like the first scene is like good CGI. You have the Panthers, you have the tree, oh, yeah, and the, the atmosphere and stuff. looks great. Like it's, it's spirit realm esque. Then you go to this and it's like, they lost all their budget. They were trying to let's shoehorn this in to do another like spiritual scene. And it looks like I could have shot that. Like just, just being honest, the, the first spirit realm scene is so well done. And then to go to that and it's so simplistic. It's like, why couldn't you just do it again? Well, I'm never gonna. Ha- I'm probably never gonna have to see the movie again, so I, it doesn't ruin that for me. Because I didn't. I didn't notice it the first time. It's it's not something bad. It's just you know a complaint that I had, and a small list. Do you have anything you want to bring up, Chris Ock? You uh you haven't been kind of quiet, but you know me and Mara have been nitpicking on different things. I um I want to talk about the side the I wouldn't say side characters, but just as important uh, the female characters that. T'Challa surrounds him with and how it's it's really neat how he surrounds himself with very very strong female characters and it's I hope that when you know small girls and 
you know, maybe my daughter watches this sh- movie that, you know, when you grow up, you can literally, you can do anything. You can be the strongest female warrior. You can be the smartest female scientist. And just, I love the fact, I, I, in, in the comics, T'Challa is one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe. He's like top 10. He's like number eight. They kind of, they kind of, I wouldn't say dumbed him down in the movie, but they definitely kind of made his sister his scientific side. Like the stuff that she's making would be the stuff that T'Challa makes in the comics. And honestly, I really like that. It kind of it it already feels like T'Challa is kind of almost too perfect. Like he doesn't have any emotional weaknesses. He doesn't have really any physical or mental weaknesses. So it's really just what it's trying to balance being a superhero and a king. It's very Captain America-esque where you know exactly how he's going to do something. There's, he's almost a static character in terms of his morality and his choices. You always know what, what choice he's going to make because you know the character. Yeah, his moral, his moral uh, choices are almost the same as Captain America. They're very good guy-esque. And I think that made me like him more because, you know, I'm a big fan of like Superman and Captain America. So I liked where his morals lied. And I like that he was kind of like that, you know? Which one of the female characters was your guys' favorite? Uh, I liked uh, uh, Michonne. Uh, I don't know the actress's name. I don't remember her character's name either, but uh, the actress who plays Michonne, I I think her and Lapita stole the show for me. Well, pretty much all the women were the best part in this movie, I felt like. Uh, I I wanted a spear and I wanted those rings th- those ring things that Lupita had. I wanted uh, replicas. I want replicas. Okay, so whoever makes them Hasbro, whoever makes the legend stuff, you are going to make the spear and you're going to make the ring things, and I'm going to own them because I love the women in this movie. Uh, also, the sister, like you said, I thought she was really good. She was great. She's a great actress. Um, she's in the. Uh, last episode of the new season for Black Mirror and she's really good in that. So I, I kind of went in seeing great things from her, but she's really good. And me and John were talking about this. I think her comedic lines are kind of the best in any Marvel movie just because they fit the character and some of them might seem forced, but I, I think they fit the character enough where you can forgive it. It's pretty great when the sister is able to rib the king you know, the highest position, political position in Wakanda, and the little sister is the one that gives him the most uh, humor and grief. And that's just like a sibling, you know, and, and it, it just fits so perfectly that she's able to get underneath, you know, T'Challa's perfect, you know, you know, perceived perfection. I was going to say all the women, like their accents were believable. Um, Angelette Bassett is a legend. That's all I'm going to say. Legend. Yeah, so uh, the sister is actually my favorite character, and uh, the general her her name is Okoye. Um, she's great too. I really I really enjoy her. You know, she's it's good, great actress right there. You know, plays a plays a badass. Let's be honest. Uh, the sister is my favorite character, and like Mario said, it you can believe that. Um, you know her 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 meme humor is relevant because that's what she's into. She's almost that link to the you know the outside world that Wakanda doesn't have you know they don't really know what's going on in the outside world because they stay away from it they don't they don't care i i do have a problem 
with his love interest because I don't feel she has a purpose except to be the love interest. She has a backstory as like this this character that wants to do the right thing and help her people on the outside of Wakanda, but that other than the first scene when you meet her, that never factors in. And it's almost like she throws that to the side to help T'Challa. And then at the end, it's like she's, she's not worried about that anymore. So I, That was the it's whole like outreach a, problem. That was the outreach thing. Yeah, but at the same time, you, she's not the one perpetuating her story at that point. It's now Black Panther. It's completely dependent on what he's doing. Like She doesn't, she doesn't have her own identity, I guess is my problem. I think my favorite character was uh, Okoye. I just, there was something about her being such a badass that it was just, it was just phenomenal. And I really liked how, even in the face of, you know, her own personal feelings of who the king was, she stuck, her loyalty was to tradition and to the, to the throne. And that's, that's something that, you know, it, it probably echoes what's going on, you know, in politics today, whether you're, loyal to your party or loyal to country who are you really loyal to and i just that character is just so strong because even her husband she was more loyal to wakanda than to her you know because her husband kind of turned on her also and there's just a lot of things going on with the general character she's i feel like she was the strongest female character in the movie to me but uh, she's just awesome i i definitely agree she's the strongest she just wasn't my favorite her husband, though, Daniel Kaluuya, man, oh he, he looks like the coolest dude. <laughs> I was telling Mario the entire time, I was like, this dude is the coolest dude. And then he went and betrayed everyone and just became not so cool. But just his face, you know, his his face, that that Daniel Kaluuya face he makes, it's just like, <laughs> man, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I, uh, I honestly think he had the best accent among all the male actors. I would agree with that. I, I, you know, some of the accents were questionable at best, I guess I'll say, but yeah, he was pretty solid the whole time, though he's not given a whole lot. That, uh, that Jabari tribe guy, though. <laughs> the Ape King guy. Oh, Ape King. He, he's my favorite. Mbaku. Mbaku? I think that's his name. Mbaku, yeah. That guy was, oh man. That was a, I hope he returns, because he, it's great that. He, he's in Infinity War. He is? Yeah. Well, For five seconds when they pan over Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> so I, we, we've touched on the characters. We've, we've touched on everything. I, I wanted to talk about how I feel like this movie benefits greatly from being an introduction to something. If you took this plot and you put it in America, it would not be a good movie. I'm just going to be honest with you. Even if it was with... Um, the same actors doing the same thing, but in an American setting, I don't think it would be a good movie because you're not introduced to new concepts. You're not introduced to a new world. You're just getting the same stuff. I think it'd be a generic Marvel movie. And I think that's why the movie is so good because you get to, you know, learn something new with these characters that have lived it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I I really feel that way. I think the fact that it's new and that the fact that it's Black Panther it's a, I mean, we haven't had, we've had Blade, but Black Panther is, it's about race. I don't, was Blade just about race? No, they never really touched on race in Blade, I don't think. 
well, race is an important part of the Black Panther character, and you could you could see why it's so important for it to be in Wakanda in Africa. It's a part of the character. It's a very very important part of the character. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I like I love Blade, and I and uh, I think race plays a little bit in uh, Luke Cage on the Netflix show, and true, I love that show. Like that's probably my favorite Marvel Netflix show. Uh, which I've mentioned before, but I, I see what you're saying. It, it makes Black Panther more special. It makes it stand out just from another Marvel movie. Yeah. Just because it's, it's something, introducing something new, a new concept, this late in the game that people can really get on board with and want to learn more about. But I, I mean, I was talking to Barney about this earlier. What are you going to do a sequel about that doesn't involve half the Avengers team? Uh, it, could, it could be all about Wakanda. But it, at the same time, they're integrated internationally now. They're going to be helping people. You're going to have some, some overlap there. I don't want it to be another Captain America where he got his intro movie. It was great. And now you're going to throw in all these other names every movie. I agree. You're, go- you're going to get team ups, though. It's going to happen. Look, I'm fine with Captain America and Black Panther teaming up. That's awesome. They both have the same moral compass. Uh, but I don't know. Like, Captain America is my favorite, and John just said it. I, I wish they would have tried to keep him separate. And it seems they do that with the sequels, as they almost add the other people. They get the other universes, uh, the other characters involved. And the only one to really not do that is Iron Man. Iron Man 1, 2, and 3 are almost their own thing in each one, I feel like. And I wish they would do that with the other ones. And I hope they, I hope they do that with Black Panther because it would keep it special. But it's hard. It's, I, I would disagree. I, you have to disagree? I, well, I, wouldn't, I don't want the whole roster to be in there. But I think team-ups are an important part of this universe now. Just at this point, Black Panther is super powerful. I don't... I mean, it's going to have to be a villain that's not really his. Because... I mean, I was just, I was looking up the villains right before the podcast. Not a lot. He has two, like, villains left that we haven't met, and one of them I could believe would be a big thing, but it'd have to involve Mephisto if you're going to be true to that villain, and the other one will be nothing, so you're going to have to do some sort of big villain, and that is going to require another big name that might just take away from it, you know? That's just my only fear, is somebody that is almost so big they take away from it. Because Thor Ragnarok, you put the Hulk next to Thor, the Hulk doesn't take away from Thor because he's the Hulk. You know, he doesn't take away from him. Yeah. But if you put, you know, Iron Man next to Thor, then it's a clash. You know, you, you, it's not good enough. You put Iron Man next to Black Panther, for instance, it's going to take away from that character. So it's got to be the right person. And I just don't know who that's going to be. That's why when uh, phase, after Phase 4, it's going to be the new Avengers. Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man, Wasp, and Vision, and Scarlet Witch. So those aren't the big names anymore. So they can easily not overshadow Black Panther, because Black Panther is going to be the new head honcho after Phase 4. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think that lineup can carry movies like they can now. I don't think it's going to be as attractive. I, uh, my only opinion on that is... Obviously, time travel's coming. What's that going to do to the universe? What's that going to do to Black Panther? New Captain America, that's what's going to happen. Obviously. But yeah, I mean, overall, just after we've talked about all this, you know, I know we've talked about some things we didn't like. 
I love the movie. I thought it was great. Oh, it's dude. It's, it's up there in like top ten Marvel movies, obviously. I think not and, number one. I, think, I don't think so. But yeah, I think me and Mario were talking how great the music was. I mean, I I literally bought the soundtrack today because it was just I was <laughs> I was pumping. Like I was pumping the entire time. Anytime the music, the drums, the beats, the uh, the wind in- instruments, it just it got me pumped. I was in. I was immersed in this movie because of the music. I think the music is really one of the strongest aspects of this movie. The score. I agree. It's just so good. I didn't know I was addicted to African tribe music, but I I am. Grizzlock's found his true calling. My my just this music gets me going. Like it's. It's so it's there's something spiritual about it almost. It touches, like it touches something deep down inside you. It's it's like you want to dance type of thing. That's what I think. I like I like the the thematic music. You know, there was music for each specific uh, almost person and you know scenes where something was happening. Happening. So I, I thought it was great. I, I agree. I love the storytelling of this movie. I think the way the plot uh, plays out and stuff is. Uh, even though it does, in my opinion, rush and scenes move too quickly and some of the action set pieces happen faster than I believe they should, they do take their time in certain spots to let the story develop. And I just I just love Michael B. Jordan's character and the whole storyline of, you know, the family family uh, who's abandoned coming back to take take something that he thinks he should be entitled to. I, I just, I love that whole aspect. I, I love how relatable Michael B. Jordan's character is. And um, so I, I did enjoy this movie too, even though I have nitpicked a lot of things. I think Michael B. Jordan has the best line in the movie at the end when he talks about what T'Challa says to him, we can save him. And then he goes, I'll pass. I'd rather, uh, when you say, I'd rather die in the ocean than be in bondage with my other brothers or something like that. Yeah. I, I, I butchered the line, but I think that's might be one of the most hard hitting lines in the Marvel universe. Yeah. This movie had a lot of, uh, story elements that I think will stick with us and more so than other movies. And I do think black Panther personally is going to be more rewatchable than like a Thor Ragnarok. I could easily see that. I'm, I was, I'm curious just to see, how invested I'll be in the movie the second time. Um, because there's not a lot of Marvel movies that I, I want to watch if they're on. I mean, I'll watch them, but it's not really like I'm invested in it. I think this movie could be good every single time. Like an, like an original Iron Man or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, did you guys have anything else you wanted to bring up? I, we, we touched on a lot, but, I mean, there's so much to talk about. You want to you talk about the Jedi Council room, Mario? Um, <laughs> I'll talk about that in my final summary. Okay. Okay. Chris Hawk. Um, I like how family is a great theme of this movie and how family is very strong. You don't see that in any other, other Marvel movies except for Thor kind of, but it's kind of a dysfunctional family. But in this one, there's an actual, there's an actual family, a living, breathing, loving family. I think that's what makes Michael B. Jordan's character relatable, too, is because I feel like uh, a lot in my family, you know, there's so much, and, and probably in a lot of families, there's, there's uh, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, and stuff that you don't really, um, 
you're not really attached to because of distance and stuff. And they're off doing their own thing. You know, sometimes, you know, obviously there's family meetups and you know them and stuff, but you, you just don't really um, connect with them in a way. And sometimes, you know, families don't want to connect with other people on purpose. So I get that. I think that makes Michael B. Jordan really relatable. And you get that sense from his character. And uh, some scenes that really made me emotional is when you see, uh, the Black Panther's dad. What was his dad's name? Tachaka. Yeah, when you see him kill his brother, like that was upsetting to me. That's that made me think, like, what if I stab my own brother? Even though my brother's bigger than me, he's my <laughs> uh, he's my little brother, but he's bigger than me. Uh, you know, it's made me think about that, or or um, you know, like made me think about my relationship with my cousins and stuff, and and uh, just seeing that and. It was real emotional to me and made me almost tear up in a lot of those scenes when when you when those moments are impactful. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree. You guys want to go into final thoughts, summaries? Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Yo, this is Kevin Phoenix0727. Uh, I went and saw Black Panther, man, and I absolutely adore it. Uh, probably my favorite thing is how they build the world and the lore for the for the for the nation of Wakanda. Uh, I will say, as a con personally, uh, the action is not as great as like any of the Captain America movies, but overall, the movie in and of itself is so fantastic. It's definitely worth a watch. Go go see that. Hey, this is Jalen. Um, I, I really, 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 really like Black Panther. I think it was nice. Um, I didn't like that the, uh, the 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 bad guy died so fast. I think Claw could have definitely um, did something outlandish and then died, but he died a little earlier in the movie than what I thought. But um, other than that, the movie was fucking amazing. I liked it. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> no problem, there you go. This is Brian giving Ryan Coogler, Marvel, and the cast of Black Panther 10 out of 10 for producing one of the most visually stunning and action-packed motion pictures of 2018. That is Black Panther, a film that exemplified black excellence, female empowerment with the Dora Milaje, and loyalty. Black Panther is an expiring cinematic masterpiece that has skyrocketed Marvel ahead of any of its competition. My name is Kenya, and this is my take on Black Panther. Black Panther was... A really exciting film for me mostly because it was an all-black cast which is something that we didn't get to see growing up and I'm excited for kids to see now. I think I was also really excited for Lupita Nyong'o's role. We get to see her not being tortured, not being CGI'd, anything like that and that was really exciting and she has her own agency which was true for most of the women in the movie which we didn't even get to see in a lot of other films the women were protectors here and that's not something we often see i think what struck me most about black panther was its depiction of african culture it was beautiful it was rich and it's something that kids can see and other people can see and maybe learn in a different venue and because people learn from what they love and what better way to learn from a superhero movie so um yeah that's my take i say i definitely give it a 10 out of 10 i can't find anything wrong with it i i honestly was blown away
All right, we'll let Chris Hawk go last since his is complicated and doesn't actually make sense. <laughs> we are I'll always hating on Chris Hawk. <laughs> That's the point. If I'm hosting, I'm roasting. <laughs> now, roast me, John. Roast uh, me. I think it was a, a great movie all around. Uh, really likable characters, characters you want to see again and hope get more than five seconds in uh, the Avengers Infinity War with uh, 10,000 characters that each get one minute to make up the whole movie. I uh, I definitely think it's worth a watch, uh, worth a review, probably, you know, worth adding to your Marvel collection that you already have anyway. So, you know, you're going to see it. You're going to watch it. You're going to like the movie. It's Marvel. People don't hate anything anymore. That's Marvel. Yeah, it's it's impossible. They can't do any wrong. But I, I, I I'll give the movie a 9 out of 10. I think it deserves it. So, Mario? I think the soundtrack, the cinematography, and definitely the location and the casting set this movie apart from other Marvel movies where if it was a generic, you know, cash cash cast, if it was a generic if it was a generic cast and if it was in America like John was saying, I feel like it would have been way too familiar. Um, I almost cried a few times. It, it made me like. It made me um, really uh, attach myself, attach myself to this movie. Um, I only had three major issues, and I named them. And one was CGI, and the other was the pacing of some scenes and some of the action things that just made the movie uh, go by really fast. I wish they would have taken their time. On a lot of things in in a lot of uh, scenes, or or take more time to develop um, the characters more. Uh, and the other thing was Michael B. Jordan's acting, but yet he still uh, is a is uh, passable because he's cool. I did relate it to a couple movies, which I'm kind of giving a similarity Rubicon. So why not? Don't, don't say don't say anything. Don't say, don't anything? say anything. No. Oh man, but. Because um, my Rubicon I'll, is the same thing. Well, I'll just name one of them. I, I've got a real Fantastic Four vibe from this movie, and I love Fantastic Four, the first movie. Uh, it's charming. It's very charismatic, I think. I, I feel like a kid again when I watch Fantastic Four, and that's what this movie made me feel like. And uh, it just brought me back to that when I'm watching uh, Black Panther. You know, um, I would say the other ones, but I'll wait until Chris Hawk goes with his similarity Rubicon. Other than that, I, I think the messages were really good messages in this movie. They weren't really politically forced because they flowed with the story, and they were always in the right spot in the movie. And I think they were definitely needed. I'm going to give this movie an 8.5 out of 10. Are you sure you don't want to make it a 9 out of 10, Mario? 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> so with the Slimary Rubicon, Mario, at the beginning of the show, already named off like half my Rubicon. So with the first one, I have... X-Men, the first one. And it's really to deal with the opposing ideologies that Magneto and Professor X have on how mutants should deal with humans and how Black Panther and Killmonger want to deal with Wakanda and how they should deal with aid and resources that they have. And yes, Magneto that's... Want- that's a, I, I wasn't even... I was thinking of what made me think of X-Men and that's definitely one of them. You know, Magneto definitely wanted to... You know, he, he had the power and whoever has the power shall rule. And if you are the next step in the evolutionary chain, you, he thought he should rule, and Professor X didn't see it that way. And, you know, it's with Killmonger and Black Panther, T'Challa. T'Challa, you know, he, he didn't see it that 
they needed to rule. Wakanda's not a warring nation. And then Killmonger didn't see it that way. And I, and I think that's a really, it's really good that in the end, T'Challa actually took some of Killmonger's reasoning to heart and actually, you know, Wakanda's now out in the open. It's not a country of secrecy anymore. And I think that's really neat. And of course, you have episode one, uh, Star Wars episode one with the, the climax was so similar and so stylized in such a way that you can't help but draw comparisons to it. It was just, they're both so well done. They're both, you know. Also the council, like the, the uh, elders and stuff kind of gave me like a council vibe, Jedi council vibe. Yeah, it's how it's like a, com- it's like a commune of, of, you know, powerful voices that they dictate how things happen in Wakanda, even though in Wakanda it's one person still makes all the rules. And for my, uh, my final bit of Black Panther, I think do the right thing is clearly a, like a given. You know, this movie is about race. And it kind of feels like this movie wasn't made for us. In a way, it kind of weird. It's kind of weird saying that because it is a movie and it's made for everyone. But there is a there is an audience for this movie, and they did get this movie. You know, they, they deserve it. They deserve it. And you know, I'm, I what I get out of this movie is not what others are going to get out of this movie. You know, you guys probably got something more precious out of it than I did. That's great, and I'm I. That's that's the best thing about movies. You know, there's always a certain audience for a movie. And, you know, do the right thing is T'Challa at the end. He did the right thing. You know, he's, he's helping everyone as much as he could. When before, because of, you know, his king, because of the previous kings, it's all about keeping Wakanda safe. And, you know, it just, it just goes to show you that superhero movies can dig into political uh, storylines and they can do it pretty well you know about the whole line about refugees bringing in their problems america is built on refugees you know even if you don't if you don't like that you know it's it's what happened and it's just i i do like it when marvel when marvel does that when they deal with politics like that and it's just it adds to the story and i think i just think black panther might be one of the best marvel movies that in the last Three years. I was a, uh, I was well, well put, Chris. Well put. So with that, let's let's wrap it up, Mara. Where can you find us? Um, you can find us on Facebook at Cinema Seven, and how we spell seven is the number seven is basically the S, so it's cinema the word cinema and then it's the you know you can probably do a space uh the the number seven e-v-e-n uh cinema seven if you look us up on twitter we're cinema just the number seven underscore podcast on instagram we are cinema the number seven e-v-e-n the underscore then podcast um not the but uh underscore podcast you can find us on stitcher soundcloud and iTunes and Android, Google Play. You can find us on all those. Yeah, whatever. Patreon, you can donate a dollar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh... and Audible C7 Pod. Yeah, trial. So, 
So you can also look us up on, so if you're listening to it, if you have Apple and you're listening to us on iTunes or you're listening to us on the Apple podcast app, definitely rate and uh, review us at no matter how many times you listen to us. If you listen to one episode, two episodes, just give us some feedback on how we're doing. Cause I look at it. We all look at it and it will help us not only improve, but also see if people are watching and or not watching, but listening to us. Also, subscribe if you like us, because every episode, when it releases, will download to your device. If you are an Android user, look uh, definitely use Google Play. If you're not using Google Play, uh, then you're probably listening to us on SoundCloud or Stitcher. And uh, subscribe to us on there, or follow us on SoundCloud. Um, SoundCloud, you have comments and likes, so you can do stuff like that on there. You can interact with us on SoundCloud. And like John was saying, you know... Look us up on Patreon because you can support uh, creators of content on there. You can support YouTube people. You can support uh, cosplay models. You can support models. You could support struggling podcasters struggling like podcasters. your local Cinema 7. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> struggling podcasters just like us who create content and want to have all the opinions and all the guests. That's us. So definitely look us up on Patreon and support us. Also, we have a partnership with Audible. If you don't hear the ad earlier, if you if you skip the ad or if you didn't know what we were saying in the ad, I don't know why you didn't hear it, but we are partners with Audible. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash C7pod. That was close. You. Close for what? What are you talking about? Um, C7pod. <laughs> uh, you will get a free uh, month of audible and you also get a free credit on there which means you can spend it on any audio drama um currently i am uh listening to on audible let me go to my library here to tell you uh, i've listened to monster 1983 i've talked about it before on here briefly it's the best worst audio drama um <laughs> there's some warhammer uh 40k if you play warhammer tabletop I've uh, listened to a couple of those. Those are pretty good. I listened to two alien uh, dramatizations. I think they're based off of books, but they made audio dramas out of them for the alien franchise. They're pretty good. And there's also a new one I listened to, which is like a comedy. It's kind of a mockumentary, a bookumentary, audio drama mentry, uh, making fun of stuff like that. It's uh, called Stinker Let's Loose. It's kind of a parody. Of uh, Smoking the Bandit and uh, John Hamm's on it. The guy who plays Bender does a voice. The guy from who plays Bender on Futurama, he does a voice. I think it's John DiMaggio, I think, right? Or- yeah, he he's on there. Um, a couple familiar voices are also on there. You'll met, you'll hear. It's pretty cool. It's pretty funny. Definitely use AudibleTrial.com/c7pod to get a month free of that and a and a free audio book. I said a whole lot there, but uh, yeah. Well, with that, Chris Hawk, take us away. All right. So all of us at Cinema 7 want to thank you always for listening with us. We want to thank you always for watching with us. And we want to thank you always for exploring with us Wakanda forever.
Black Panther pizza, weed pizza, boy. <laughs>